0: Kim Shea, Coaching for Life's Third Period, subtitled Planning for a Purposeful Retirement. This is episode 104 from across the pond here in the United States on Alternative Health Tools Podcast. Retirement ain't what it used to be. Because we live longer, it lasts longer, and baby boomers are wired to remain active and engaged well after their careers are over. There's no map for this new stage of life, and that's where Kim Shay comes in. Her business is called Aging Purposefully, and she calls herself a retirement coach and a purposeful living coach. I now bring you Kim Shay. Welcome to the show, Kim. How are you?
1: I'm great, John. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, Kim and I actually met yesterday, physically distanced. I don't believe in social distancing. <laughs> and we met for coffee to talk about her position as one of the co-hosts on this show, Alternative Health Tools. So I've been working with Kim for oh a number of months. I don't know, probably even a year at the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. But Kim, why don't you let us know how you'd like to introduce yourself or how you would like to be known? Because I know you have a website called retirementpurposecoach.com, which has a lot behind it, I'm sure. So why don't you just take it away for a bit?
1: Okay, thanks. So yes, the name of the website is retirementpurposecoach.com, but the name of my business is Aging Purposefully. and. That is because that is my primary concern is that people age purposefully and feel like they have a reason to get up every day. So I'm a certified retirement coach, and I'm also a purposeful living coach. And that is just my goal is to help people figure out how they can best spend their retirement years doing what it is that makes them feel like they have a reason to still be here every day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. In our conversation yesterday, I had mentioned that my parents, they had a good solid 25 or 30 year retirement. And they spent the first three months together looking at each other and watching, I don't know what on television and doing who knows what, (laughs) which I'm sure is very common. But at some point, they just looked at each other and went, this retirement is for the birds. And then they started just planning trips to the East Coast and to the Southwest. And they learned to golf. So, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you have a whole palette of coaching recommendations for people, but l- let's talk a little bit about who your kind of ideal client might be, somebody that would basically find you or that you've worked with before.
1: My ideal client would be somebody who's fifty five or sixty and still has about five years left before they're ready to retire because then we can start to explore some things like, what their hobbies are, where they want to live, what their main interests are, so that when they do actually retire, it's a very smooth transition. And I'm a big fan of entrepreneurship. So if somebody has a job that they maybe always really wanted to do, but never could find the time, or it wasn't going to pay enough for them to earn their living over their lives, they can have a few years to start setting that up as a little side gig. And then when retirement comes, the transition is pretty seamless for them. They can Mm -hmm. just step right into that new role. And and like your parents did, it's really great if you can take some time to just relax for a while. You need that honeymoon phase where you don't have an alarm clock, you're setting your own schedule, you can be really relaxed, but it does get old as your parents found gets old after a while. So it's nice to have it be ready to go if possible.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what I like about it. And also, we should put into the mix that a lot of these people could be starting their own podcast.
1: (laughs) Why, yes, they could. Why, yes, they could.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll let anybody out there with a creative bone in their body, you can steal this right now, which is the URL probably is still available. It's called golden-tongued wisdom. And I mention it because Just when you get to be older, and I'll just say that category you've been talking about, there's a point where I think where you look at your life and realize all the experience you have. And you've got a lot of time now to contemplate that experience and actually share it with everybody, including younger folks as well. So just saying.
1: Oh, absolutely. You do have so much to share. And whether it's in the form of a podcast or maybe volunteering somewhere, There's so Mm -hmm. much you have learned over your life, we hope, Mm -hmm. that you can share it with other people. Or even in your profession, a lot of people become consultants and they go in and they help other people learn how to run a business or do whatever Mm -hmm. it was that they were doing before. It's so valuable.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if we were to look at what you do in terms of people's health and well-being, what kind of areas do you touch on with the people you work with?
1: I like it to be like a renaissance retirement if possible. So what we do is we assess what your needs are. I try and assess how important is it to you to have a spiritual component of your life? How valuable Mm -hmm. is it to you to replace what you got out of work? Because a lot of people might not fully realize how much work was to them. It gave them a title, gave them a social life. It gave them an income. It gave them a reason to get out of bed every day. So we need to figure out how valuable that is to you. And do you need Mm -hmm. to take that going forward? How important is intellectual stimulation? How important is being connected? And the answer should be very high for everybody. But how important is it to be connected with other people? How important is it to you to feel like you're giving back your health? Where are you with your health? And what Mm -hmm. are you going to do to keep that as a top priority? Because it opens up just so many more options for you if your health is maintained. And those are the things that we want to consider and make sure that you're meeting those. If those are your goals is to have those be components of your wheel, your retirement wheel, which has got all these different sections in it. We want to make sure that you get those things on your list so that you maintain them because you'll just be happier.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're also credentialed quite a bit, aren't you?
1: I am credentialed. (laughs) I am credentialed. But no, I I'm looking
0: looking at your website, Bachelor's of Science, Degree in Biology and the Masters of Advanced Studies and Leadership of Healthcare Organizations from UC San Diego. And probably a whole lot more, huh?
1: Yeah, and different certifications. And also I just bring with it an experience of working with other people. And I learned many years ago how important it is for people to feel like they still have a reason to be here every day. They still feel mm-hmm. anchored to life. And if you're mm-hmm. just adrift and you don't know what you're doing, it gets tiresome and depression often sets in, and then that could be followed by illness. So it's better to skip that part altogether.
0: Mm-hmm. One of my mentors is Simon Sinek, and he talks a lot about you know why he even exists, is to help people wake up every morning and just be excited and empowered to go to work. But it could be a similar thing for those people that are like looking at retiring. Just be excited about what's possible.
1: Oh, yeah. I wish that people viewed retirement as like going off to college because it's a Mm -hmm. totally new experience and you're going to do things differently. uh, Whether you want to keep working or not, you're still going to do things differently. You are going to slow down a little bit. We Mm -hmm. talked about that Mm -hmm. yesterday. And if you could get excited about it, I'm going to take this class, I'm going to join this organization, I'm going to spend some time volunteering here, I'm going to work a little bit here. If you could get excited about this time in your life that it is new, just as it was when you went back to college as a youngster, now what are you going mm-hmm. to do? And embrace it and get excited and get involved. Don't sit mm-hmm. in your dorm room. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: My, I told you yesterday, my father was an amateur photographer. He was actually a a really good, gifted, creative sheet metal worker. But as a kid, I remember taking off weekends, especially in the summer, being an Oregon kid. We'd take off on a Friday night, he and I, and he would have a mission or a vision to go to the Oregon coast and go down the coast and photograph lighthouses, as an example. Wow. And then another week. Yeah. And then another weekend would be like covered bridges. He kept doing that for most of his life. But when he retired, You know, he had a lot more time and he started doing a whole lot more photographic work or photography. And his main thing was landscape. And then he joined several camera clubs. And then he found that he would start competing in in certain things that they did. And he was like winning At, at the age of 75. He was winning all these awards for his photography. And this was just a skill that he kept up throughout his life. But then he had time to really really activate it more fully in his retirement i thought it was awesome
1: it is so awesome because it hits so many of those boxes too because he was getting mentally stimulated and probably emotionally stimulated by what he was doing mm. and he was meeting people and and he had something to look forward to he had an agenda it's really mm. great that he did that and one thing i want to address is that Sometimes people have serious physical limitations, so they Mm -hmm. can't go off and do those kinds of things. They can't go off and do those adventures. And it's still important to find things that you can do. When I was, this is many years ago, I was taking care of a friend of mine, one of my best friends, and he was in the process of dying uh, slowly. It, It took about six years from the time I met him. And he was paralyzed, not exactly from the neck down. He had some use of his hands, but he was really dependent upon other people and he didn't do anything for himself. And so we figured out some basic things he could do, like do online baking, and he could do the grocery shopping for the house online just by using the computer and Mm -hmm. he could keep an eye on my son. If I went to go run an errand and, and then he could invite people in to his house to talk to them and share some of his stories. Mm -hmm. And those were things that made him feel like he had some, ownership of his life and it wasn't a lot because he still had to depend on people but it gave him things that he did that made him feel purposeful and it made such Mm -hmm. a difference you could see physically a change in how he looked it really made a difference and so even if somebody's got problems and a lot of people do as they get older it's just a fact it's important to try and find a way to overcome those and work around them and still find things that you Mm -hmm. can do
0: Mm -hmm. How many people that you work with are actually living on their own? Like, I wanted to talk about, get a sense for how many people are like individuals, whether they lost a spouse or never got married, or I should say are living by themselves or those people that are actually maybe living with their kids. Because I think there was a time before the Industrial Revolution when actually grandparents would simply move in or be in a house right next door to their kids. But I don't get a sense that's really happening much anymore.
1: Grandparents raising their grandchildren is still a big issue right now. And that's growing.
0: When you say issue, Demographic. What do you mean?
1: there are people taking care of their grandkids. And so there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that does hinder their retirement plans. It definitely changes what they do. They may end up working longer than they plan to, Or they just can't do the things that they wanted to do. They don't have that freedom anymore. And that is a growing Mm -hmm. demographic. But most of the people that I work with are on their own. Uh, I I don't work with any couples currently, but I Mm -hmm. can. And I enjoy working with couples because there's a real need for that. Because then you've got two people who might have two completely different visions of what retirement is. And so Mm -hmm. you need to work together to figure out how you're going to combine their interests and make it compatible so they can go forward together as a couple. But mostly I work with individuals.
0: Mm -hmm. My parents, they retired, but at some point my father died. I think it was, I want to say five years before my mother. And after he passed, she turned to my twin sister and said, would you like to go to the Panama Canal? Your dad never wanted to go, but I really want to go. Aww. Would you like to go with me? So my sister Joyce and my mom went to the Panama Canal. And it was like all the things that she wanted to do with my dad, but my dad didn't want to do, she actually ended up doing with my sister. Because my sister was more available at the time than myself or my other sister.
1: That's, that's neat. That's neat that your mom got to do that. But it's also a shame that... She wasn't able to do it when she was younger because what what would right. happen if she had passed before your dad did and she never got to go if that was really a dream right. for her. So, it's nice right. if you could figure it out like what well, you're going to stay home and I'm going to go with our daughter and I'll be back in 2 weeks or whatever, but yeah. just to make exactly. sure that people get to do what is on their own bucket list.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, it kind of at this point I wanted to ask you, how in the world did you get involved in this? What when did you start doing this and what kind of informed you that this is something you wanted to do? Uh,
1: I've always been involved with older people from the time I was a little girl and I would go mm-hmm. To neighbors houses and knock on their doors and visit with them. I always enjoyed that. But when I got into my late 40s, I met a neighbor who I referenced earlier, and he had multiple sclerosis. And I invited him for a party. I invited everybody for this neighborhood party. And and he actually came, which shocked me. And He was only able to stay for a few minutes. It was a big party. I couldn't talk to him. But I sent him a note. He had not been out of his house for three years. None of the neighbors had seen him for three years. And Mm. I had just met him because we'd only been there a short while. And I sent him a, a letter and I said, I just want you to know the impact that you had when you showed up here tonight. That's all anyone talked about that night was how wonderful it was to see you. And I just want to know if you ever want company. I've got a little three-year-old we'd be happy to come by and visit and Mm -hmm. he called me the next day and said I'd love it if you came over and all the neighbors were shocked because as I said no one had seen him they not only had he not been out of the house they weren't welcome to come in because he was too ashamed of what was happening Mm -hmm. to his body and I got involved with him and then eventually became his caregiver because he needed somebody and he came out of the house and he went places and we bought a dirty old van, but it had a wheelchair ramp on it and we went places and it just changed his world. And I realized one time we were outside and we were heading back towards his house and the mail had just come and I started to reach for the mail and he stopped me and said, I want to do it. Oh, okay. It had not occurred to me what a pleasure it was just to be able to get the mail by yourself. So, he got Uh the mail out of the mailbox and, and I was able to see how he just needed things to do that made him feel like a real person again. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. after he died, I had this big hole in my life and I thought, what am I going to do? And so I went back to school. I went to graduate school at UCSD to get that degree in the mouthful of master advanced studies in leadership of healthcare organizations. And I got a job working in a nursing home as an activities director. I had no mm-hmm. experience in it, although I did have a certification in it. And I loved it. I loved the job so much. It was in Encinitas at Seacrest Village Retirement Home. It was a great opportunity, a wonderful place to work for me to to see what can be done with helping people to feel purposeful every day. And to give you an example, there was a woman named Leona. And Leona had a stroke and she'd had some problems. and But her mentally, she was still with it essentially. And we were sitting there one day and I'd had everybody plant Ivy. First, they painted pots one day. And then the next day they planted Ivy in their pots and we mm-hmm. put them in the window so they could watch the Ivy grow in the activity room. And one day she was sitting there and I said, could you do me a favor? This Ivy, some of these tips are starting to wilt and everything. Could you cut these for me? Cause trim them for me. The smile on her face that this was her role She was so pleased to be able to do this. And it it also opened up my eyes. It doesn't matter how old you are. You still need to feel like you're doing something, that you Mm -hmm. still are helping Mm -hmm. other people out. And it was really, it really changed how I viewed having a purpose. It's got to go pretty much to the end of your life.
0: Yeah, yeah. At the top of your mind, do you have somebody, a client, so to speak, that maybe a recent client or a client as an example? Of, of what you might do in terms of how you took somebody through maybe surviving to thriving?
1: Yeah. So, one of the things that we did is again analyze those points I was talking about. How important is it to you ha- to have a spiritual component in your life? And how important is it to you to feel like you're still working? And so, what we did is we looked back at everything he had done in his life. And I asked him to really spend time doing homework because a lot of it takes place when we're not even together, because it takes a long time to sit there and figure out what you're good at. And for some people, that's hard for them. For example, if you ask an engineer, what are you good at? They might say, Mm -hmm. I'm good at engineering. That's what I'm good at, but let's break it down a little bit further. What are you good at? Are you good at communicating with people? Are you good at processing information quickly and disseminating it? are you good at coming up with creative ideas of how to problem solve? We really want to break things down as, as small as we can. So you understand what your skills are. So then you can figure out what are your values, what things might you want to do? So for this person, he wanted to be able to volunteer. So we had to sit there and and discuss those different values that he had and see that, that those could be so far reaching for so many organizations. And then We figured out what are the things he's passionate about. I had a woman who was passionate about horses. And so for her, the best thing to do was to go to a local organization that rescues horses. And she could Mm -hmm. spend time there working with the horses every day if she wanted to. And then, of course, as a volunteer, she could say, no, I'm taking two weeks off because I'm going on a vacation with my husband. But it allowed that woman to go and figure out that she could still help out with animals. She's not getting paid Mm -hmm. for it. But she could take her skills and for the engineer, he could take his skills and he could use it in an organization working with school children and, mm-hmm. and helping them out, like doing science Olympiad for kids going in there, which mm-hmm. is it's hard work. It's a lot of time and, and mm-hmm. it goes from the fall into the spring, but teaching kids how to work with power tools, how to design something from start to finish. Mm hmm. And again, discussing the health, the physical health. How are you going to maintain your physical health? Because that could limit and put an end to those other plans. Go ahead.
0: It sounds to me like you help these people bring back or find and refine and discover the joys in their life that they really enjoy. That's That's what it sounds
1: like. That is the goal. So it makes me feel great that I'm able to help you. But to see people find what it is that they want to do. It's just thrilling. It's just, it's wonderful to see them do something and realize that in many regards, they're happier than they ever have been in their lives because maybe they're not making the same amount of money that they were making before, but mm-hmm. what they do just lights them up every time mm-hmm. they're doing it, whether it's the volunteer role or the consulting role, they really mm-hmm. feel like they're giving back and, and they get so much out of it more than they're able to give. They get more out of it. It's, it's fun to see. It's fun to see people Mm. reach that point in their lives.
0: Mm -hmm. So what's one of the more joyous experiences you've had working with somebody besides talking about the person we just mentioned?
1: Watching somebody decide that, for example, they wanted to go back to school and Mm. actually going through the process of applying and getting Mm -hmm. into the school and then getting into this totally new experience because going back to school is just much more fun for people for some reason than actually being in school as a kid because Mm -hmm. you're getting to study exactly what it is you want to study and watching that person go and pursue the degree and just be enthralled with what they're learning and knowing that they're going to go apply it soon but not yet but they're still in the process of being in school right now it's wonderful to see them because they feel so happy they just feel so happy that they're They're finally made it. They finally made it to do the thing that they really wanted to do for so long.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of I'm sure I know this. There's a lot of kids that are in college, university level that are doing things based on what they think they want to do. And I talked to a lot of them and, you know, basically they're doing it for a career path, but it's not really their passion or it's not really their joy. So it's easy to imagine that people go through life. And I can think of myself in many respects this way, not really doing what really makes you happy and brings you joy. And then at an age of retirement, being able to tap back into that my father was a really good example. Mm-hmm. He actually was studying to be a biologist and uh he actually had to stop going to school to support his family. But he always had an interest in science and biology and of course photography, but when he like I said when he retired, he just blossomed in what he really loved to do. Yeah.
1: It is neat. I know for myself when I was an undergraduate at UCSD and I was a biology major because I thought that was really cool and I liked Science. I liked biology, but I stunk at it. I was really bad at it. And my art teacher approached me about majoring in art, and I said, Oh, no, no. And my English teacher said, You know, you, you're good at writing. Would you like to come on board here and, and get your major in English? No, oh, no, no. I wanted to be a biology major because that, to me, that just meant much more status and better job opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I was not good at it at all. And I like the policy of science, I like science policy a lot, but I wasn't good at the actual science. And when I decided to go back to graduate school and I had to send for my transcripts, I was horrified to see that my GPA was a two point eight six. Why didn't <laughs> somebody pull me aside and go, "Kim, my gosh, you're in the wrong major here you're no good at this
0: yeah and yeah. so
1: I, w- I was really surprised I did not recall that I buried that pretty well for 20 years but um, yeah. yeah, but to be able to do the thing that you want to do, and sometimes when you're younger, doing the thing you want to do. It's just not an option. It's, you know, you might decide you really want to be an artist, but you might not really be able to support yourself, especially if you live in California, it's hard to do Mm -hmm. that. So you might have Mm -hmm. to get a job doing the thing that's going to put bread on the table and allow Mm -hmm. you to save for your retirement. But when you get older, you can be a little more creative. And I noticed you were interviewing somebody in another one of your podcasts, I was listening to it, and they were talking about that they wanted to travel, and they belonged to some couch surfing organization, and they yeah. and I thought, that's perfect, that's exactly what somebody can do. And then there's several options if you want to travel yep. and you don't have the money, but that was one I had not heard of before was joining this couch surfing organization. And so to be able to go do those things and do the things you want to do in retirement, you still might have to get creative about it because you still might not have the means to do it, but there's always a workaround, And that's what I yep. help people do is figure out what is the workaround so you can still do what it is you want to do.
0: Yeah. So that episode is actually a really good one. That was on my podcast What Has My Attention?
1: Mm, yes.
0: And I'm actually looking it up cuz I want people to listen to it. It was episode 2 called Medical Tourism with Tracy and Laurie Krafemer. Yeah. And this was interesting because they had a house in Portland, Oregon. They sold it and had enough money to travel for I think they said 9 months. And they figured out while traveling how to pick up things while they were traveling. Opened up a Amazon account, ship it to Amazon, and anyway, they were making a hundred thousand dollars a year while they were traveling.
1: Wow, buying nice. stuff,
0: <laughs> buying yeah, traveling all over the world very cheaply, and their whole thing is don't be a tourist, be a traveler. That was their whole thing. It's beautiful, and to a totally experience traveling and without an agenda, and h- how to do it just really inexpensively. So anyway, yeah, I'm sorry if I diverge there. But But
1: you didn't. That's the creativity of going through retirement to be able to do what it is you want to do. Yep.
0: Yep. That's what they did. Yeah. So they're now onto something else. So I, I'm kind of getting actually that you're a retirement joy coach.
1: <laughs> I like that title. Where were you when I was
0: retirementjoycoach.com?
1: <laughs> I like, I better get on right after we get off of here and uh, get that URL for myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Reti- yeah. Retirementjoycoach.com. I love it. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked yesterday, and I think it's like I'm one of those class of people that I don't know. I just don't have any desire to retire. From the perspective of stop working and do nothing or even stop working and travel. I absolutely love what I do as a podcaster. And I think you love podcasting, too, don't you?
1: Oh, yes, I do. Yes.
0: Yeah. And so it's hard to imagine that I wouldn't be podcasting till my dying days. (laughs) In fact, I'll probably figure out a way to could you like just hook me up at my deathbed? I I just wanna give some parting words, I'm sure. If you wouldn't mind if producing the podcast episode for me after I'm gone, I'd really appreciate it.
1: I like it. This is John Beathen signing off, going into the light. I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I could start a business called yourlastpodcast.com. Oh,
1: my gosh. Wow. <laughs> All right,
0: stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I got up at 4 o'clock this morning. I've had too much coffee. I'm sorry, Ken. <laughs> I just stole the podcast. Oh, you know, no. Yeah. I like your
1: creativity. I like that, John. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. And it's just so... A lot of people will say that to me when I meet them. What do you do? I'm a retirement coach. Oh, I don't want to retire. And that can be a conversation ender right there. But the fact of the matter is at some point, there will be things that will slow you down. And it may be that you're Mm -hmm. just tired of doing what it is you're doing. And so maybe, Mm -hmm. yeah, you want to go till you're 70 or 75. But then you do want to take off time and you want to go travel. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. leisure is a really well-deserved and important component of retirement too. You need to have downtime. It's important to be able to just go sit on the beach for two hours if you feel like it and stare out at the ocean and Mm -hmm. contemplate things or take some type of a spiritual retreat or you need that time. It's valuable and you really have earned it. And it's good to slow your mind down. You don't want to be going at the pace we're going right now for the rest of
0: your life.
1: It's good to have time.
0: Yeah. No, I want that for sure. And something I shared with you also yesterday, I think I've learned that when most of the time when people are asked, how do people learn? Most people respond, you know, by experience. But what I've really learned, it's the contemplation of the experience you have. That's why I alluded to earlier talking about you get to retirement and you get to contemplate your life. And out of that can come such rich reward that I, I really do hope people share. Whether it's on a podcast or in a community or a conversation, just with friends. I just, I love this. I love golden-aged or golden-tongued wisdom. I just really do. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a really good point. And I think when I have relatives who've left behind a recording of their life where they did take the time to just sit down and think about Mm -hmm. everything they've ever been through, what they learned from it, and who mattered to them, Mm -hmm. you leave behind such a treasure for other people the podcast mm-hmm. is still out there in the podcast world. So if you leave behind a podcast so your loved ones can go listen to you again, hear your voice again, it's so mm-hmm. valuable to leave that for somebody else. and so meaningful. and can be very healing for them.
0: Yeah. Years ago, when I was still in Santa Fe, I had a client, Craig Barnes, and he was an attorney in his 70s. And he was raised on a farm in Colorado. And uh, later on many years, he wrote a book called Growing Up True. And Craig had just tons of integrity, and he was a character and a great writer and storyteller. And he came to me and he basically said, I want to read this book and burn CDs and give it to my family this Christmas. Is that something we can do? So I basically said, sure. So he ended up giving his family the audio book version of the book Growing Up True. And then it was interesting because as I understand it, Kevin Costner got a hold of it and it was somewhat under development in terms of turning it into a movie. I don't think it actually, I know it didn't ever happen before Craig died. But it's just, there is so much possibility in retirement, isn't there?
1: There really is. It's really endless. And that's what I think some people figure, well, all I can do is join a book club and play golf. No, there's so much you can do. And if that's what you want to do, great. And even if you want to play bingo, great. Mm -hmm. I recommend Mm -hmm. playing as many cards as you can at one time and even turning them upside down (laughs) to to the challenge for you. But you should do whatever it is you really love to do. But keep exploring. It's kind of like when you're in high school and you think, okay, I could become a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor. But then when you get into college and you start taking all these classes, I could be a lobbyist. I could be a environmental cleanup expert. I mean, there's so much stuff you don't even know that you could do. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep exploring. And if you work with somebody like a coach, or if you go into a group setting where you talk with other people, you find out there's All these things you could do that you you never Mm -hmm. knew about before. It might just be the thing that makes you so happy every day.
0: So one of the questions you could ask your clients is, what do you want to be when you grow up?
1: And that's a really good question to ask, John. Because if you look back at even ask people, what did you always want to be? When you were little, Mm -hmm. what did you want to be? Because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of worth in what you always wanted to be. And mm-hmm. it might be this, just something that you can now have the time to go pursue. So I know a lot of people, they they did a survey and 75% of the people never got to do what it is that they always wanted to do. So now is the time to try and explore how can you work this in to your mm-hmm. life? Even mm-hmm. if you're not getting paid for it, how can you do it?
0: Yeah. So what do you have coming up that may or may not be time sensitive? I know you've got a seminar or something coming up.
1: Yeah, I have a webinar coming up that I'm working on with some other people with a Mm -hmm. financial planner. And because that's Mm -hmm. one thing I'm not an expert in is finances. I know you need them. And I know we'll work with whatever you've got. But that's not my expertise. We've got a financial planner, and an estate attorney, who can help you Mm -hmm. figure out what documents you must have in order for yourself. And Mm -hmm. a care manager and and she can help you if you are in a caregiving situation because a lot of people Mm -hmm. who retire, like I said, they're taking care of their grandkids. On the other end, they may be taking care of their parents. So, you need Mm -hmm. somebody who can help you establish how you're going to work that into your life too and how you'll be able to provide the best care for your parents or your loved ones so you feel good about what you're doing there too. And So, when uh, is that webinar? The next one is September 29th.
0: Boy, that's four days from now. I'm not sure the podcast will be out by then.
1: The the next one is in October. There's two in October and there's one more in November. So we're doing five of these webinars.
0: So people can find out about it at your website, Mm -hmm. retirementpurposecoach.com?
1: Yes, they can go to the website and find out about it. They can also find me on LinkedIn. I've got an advertisement for it there on LinkedIn as well. Or on my Mm -hmm. Facebook page, my Aging Purposefully facebook page i'm also promoting it there too because it's it's just a nice opportunity it's about an hour to sit there and listen to all the information that these people have there's also a woman from the alzheimer's association talking about brain health nice yeah so you can ask questions and, and connect with these people as well
0: Nice. Where else do you hang out besides what you've already mentioned, like LinkedIn? I mean, you're also a member of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, right?
1: Yes, I am, and um, active in that on a few groups there as well.
0: What committees?
1: I am on the Ambassador Committee and the mm-hmm. Business Resources Committee. And mm-hmm. I just found out that there's this wonderful committee called the Tech Committee. Which you invited me to, (laughs) and I was blown away by that. I I talked to everybody about afterwards. I could not believe how wonderful that was. So I'm also. What did
0: you like about it? What did you like about it?
1: Just the the breadth of information that came out of that. You all Mm. knew so much, and not necessarily was everything applicable to me. But you know that isn't necessarily something that I could use right now. But to know Mm -hmm. that you all have so much information. There's so much of a resource in the tech committee Mm -hmm. and the people on the tech committee. It was great. And then the speaker who spoke about the emergency control services that we have here in the center in Carlsbad, it was really exciting to see how high tech everything was and how these people know what's going on in the event of an emergency. And Mm -hmm. they're so wired into every other Mm -hmm. group. It's not just a silo. It was really neat to see that. It was very reassuring. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, thank you. That's great. I'm glad. I hope you continue to join us.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to to it. Thank you. I enjoyed spending time with you, too. And I really am thankful that you invited me to go do that because it was really a nice discovery.
0: Yeah, good. I also want to remind people out there that alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast, uh, will shortly, Kim and I are working out the details of bringing her on as a co-host. So what most interests you in the context of alternative health care?
1: I love learning about different ways of taking care of your health because I have had health problems myself in the past that it took two years to get somebody to understand what was going on. And that's when I really started studying all these different alternative ways you can take care of yourself, the importance of vitamins and herbs and the power of your mental health and different ways of healing like Christian science or um, intention, a law of attraction. It just opened up this whole new world for me and I want everybody else to know about it too. So uh, I love to hear how other people are doing it. What are they doing? Um, my next door neighbor, as I told you, she's very high up in Qigong. Another friend of mine mm-hmm. is a shaman and it's fascinating to hear how other people approach the world because I was raised where you went to church every day, but it was the doctors who healed you, it was the dentists who healed you. there, And then there were these mm-hmm. miracles that happened a long time ago, but those mm-hmm. were a long time ago. But to find out that there are so many different ways from cultural aspects of – this is the way people have always done it in their culture or – What's considered new age is not really new age at all. It's been around forever.
0: Yeah, three thousand years. Three thousand years in many practices.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I saw somebody slamming new age on a a post on social media. There's nothing new age about new age. It's been around forever, and there's so much history to it, and there's so much validity to it. It's it's wonderful to learn what all those are. I'll
0: just, Kim. I'll just tell you. Even if we've already done a show as an example in Qigong. You're welcome to do another one, and you have full reign to do anything you want that has your attention in the context of alternative health.
1: Seriously. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of wonderful people locally oh, yeah. and on the other side of the planet to talk to, and I'm looking forward to bringing that so I can learn, and then whoever's listening can also learn from it too. It's so nice mm-hmm. to have your horizons broadened in healthcare. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Kim, I want to thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to what you come up with. It should be a lot of fun.
1: Thank you, John. I really appreciate your time today. And I'm so excited to be a part of your team. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. So I want to remind people to go visit retirementpurposecoach.com. Once again, that's retirementpurposecoach.com. And get in touch with Kim, especially if you're in that age group where you're already looking at whatever retirement means to you. So again, Kim, thanks so much.
1: Thank you, John.